0: You're now listening to the River Claremont Podcast. I want to encourage everybody, um, maybe you haven't joined in with the corporate fast. I gave last week, there are scriptural evidence of corporal, uh, corporate fast in the scripture of just times when it was called for people to join together in fasting. We felt by the Spirit to do it this year. You've not joined in. There's one week left. Join in in this final week. And please be a part of prayer. They have been explosive um, as we join together from 12 to 1, praying even if you can pick up your kid from their lunch break from school and come and only join for 10, 15 minutes, I believe it would still be life-changing for you and for the child. Amen? Amen. Taking a moment. It's just the start of the year. It's not rocket science to realize, man, start of the year is a new beginning, and we're starting it out right By pursuing the things of God in a greater dimension, recultivating that spiritual hunger within and pursuing God. Amen? Amen. So we've been in that. But today I want to minister. It's basically kind of rolls with prayer and fasting, but it's a subject that I've been studying uh, since probably last March, I think, is when the Lord got me on it. And it's the spirit, soul, and body of man. The trinity of man that really, the body is evident. We all have a body We understand that capacity of man, but it's where the inner man that gets confusing between the soul and the spirit. How do you know, am I being led by the soul or by the spirit? Is my soul in need of renewal or has it been renewed and it's listening to the spirit and my emotions are godly emotions? Those are the things that really get convoluted in a person, you know, you feel confident some days and the next day you're like, man, I don't, I don't know. Was that you, Lord? I mean, maybe I should have asked for a fleece or something, you know? If that's you, Lord, let seven birds fly across my window right now. I mean, just for certainty. But then there's that, that we're walking in faith, so we don't always get that. Amen? I want to read a couple of scriptures. We'll see what we go through today. I want to end with at the end, so I'm not going to try and minister too long. This will probably take several weekends, I would say, just because my notes are basically a mini book but i want to end today by ministering by the spirit praying for people flowing with the with the lord in this place and so maybe you came in and you need an absolute miracle i encourage you don't just lose don't just disconnect from the spirit right now the word and the spirit are complementary press in right now in this place stir it up and say father i thank you that today something changes in jesus name if that's what you need first john 5 and 8 says Title of my message or this, it might become a series, would be These Three. And it says, There are these three that bear witness on earth: the spirit, the water, and the blood. And these three agree as one. I believe that, yes, that's speaking of the Holy Spirit, um, the blood of Jesus, and the washing of the water, but I believe it also speaks into the Trinity of man. That spirit soul and body all parts of man, affect man. So I am a spirit. I have a soul and I live in a body. Amen? When we speak about authority, we have authority in the spirit. That doesn't necessarily mean we have authority all the time in the body. A person could literally overpower you and and, and really, I mean, Christians in the past have been killed, martyred for their faith. So in the physical body, they didn't possess authority over them. But even when Jesus was standing before Pilate, he basically said, he's like, don't you realize I have the authority to kill you? He says, you have no authority except that which I give you. We have authority in the spirit. So I'm a spirit. I have a soul and I live in a body. You could think of it this way. I am a man. The core of me is man. Come on, men. I'm not a lady. I don't wear pink. I am a man and I have a wife, okay? So I am a spirit and I have a soul. I am a man and I have a wife. Not me, but connected intimately to me. She can definitely influence my thoughts and my feelings on a regular occurrence, and I can influence her back. You with me about the spirit and the soul? Does that make sense to you? And then I live in a house that contains or holds my life in it. So if I am a spirit, I have a soul, that soul can influence me, Or I can influence my soul and we live in a house or we live in a body. That is the temple that we have. Amen. Amen. So today, 1 Thessalonians 5.23, the Bible says, Now may the God of peace make you holy in every way, and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless until our Lord Jesus Christ comes again. It's where the word begins to lay out the trinity of man. So let's talk about the body, which I believe is the water. We are, what, 80% water or something like that, amen? And now that we've been fasting, we're probably up to 95% water. (laughs) Amen, I slosh when I walk, it's great. I feel wonderful, amen, as long as I don't stand up too quickly. We all have our body, a body. These bodies require us to take care of them. Would you agree with that? Especially the older you get. You go from you're young and you're immortal to then you turn 40 and you go bowling and you hurt for a week. <laughs> and you don't like to talk about it because it's kind of embarrassing. Because so all you did was went bowling. Wait till you get 70. Reminds me of a time when I was complaining. My sister was complaining, I'm turning 30. My dad cl- chimes in, well, I'm try turning 60. And then our grandmother that we forgot was in the room said, try turning 90. And everyone bowed their head in silence. (laughs) Thank God we don't live forever in these bodies. Imagine if you had to endure 300 years in these things. Jesus, help us. The smells. You can love God, you can love your family, but if you don't care, of your, don't take care of your own body, you can create real problems for yourself. I believe in divine health and healing. In fact, you know, obviously there are many times i press pressed him for a miracle and I'm like, Lord, I don't think it, we got it with certain people in the past, but even this last week in prayer, there was one morning or one afternoon, I guess 12 to 1 is afternoon, when I was praying, and I just, I mean, it was like the Lord took me back to when Ellie was just a baby and nearly died, and the Lord just, I mean, supernaturally healed that kid. I mean, swelling on the head went away. I mean, instantaneous, undeniable, unexplainable miracle from God. I mean, there was just no way that happens, and it just happened, and it felt right because it was the Lord. Amen. And I just started crying. You know, I'm like, man, thank you, God. Like, God is a healer, right? Right? I believe in that, and I believe in divine health. I speak over my every symptom that tries to come in me. I, I, I declare, no, you do not have authority to give me a headache today. I'm going to give you a headache instead because <laughs> I'm going to pray in the Spirit till I break you. Amen. Come on, somebody. But still, even all of that, I believe in it. I still actually try and take care of my body too. I still try and eat healthy, you know what I'm saying? It's not like I'm like, I believe in divine health and I'm going through McDonald's drive-thru every day. Because you can believe in divine health, but if you don't take care of your body, you will wind up producing problems. And you can be spiritual, you can pray in the Holy Ghost for seven hours, but if you go several months without sleeping, you know, well, I don't care how spiritual you are, you have just crossed over into lunatic mode. And all your visions from the Lord will mean nothing to anybody else. And it will be evident. And then you'll wonder, how did I get 17 cats? It goes hand in hand. So take care of your body or you'll become a cat lady. That's the title of today's message. You you don't want to be the cat lady. And if you are the cat lady in here, we pray the Lord delivers you. May you pick one to two felines, and then the rest, get rid of them. Amen. Bless someone else. I'm just teasing you. I'm a dog person, but honestly, there is something they say in cat urine that drives people crazy, right? No, this is scientific, people. There's There's a hormone or something in it that makes people crazy. That's why cat ladies are... Why is it always cat ladies and not cat guys? I've never thought about this before apparently I need to research this sub so next week join us as we talk cats versus dogs <laughs> but Kenneth Copeland I've shared this multiple times we got the chance to meet him personally the Lord's really blessed me in my life to meet several. Men of God, uh, some have gone on to be with the Lord now. But he said, if you believe that God has called you, which who believes the Lord has given you a call? All right, many of us in here. Then it would be your responsibility to take care of your body so as to not hinder that, right? Galatians says, you did run well. Who did hinder you that you should not obey the faith? Well, sometimes the hindrance is your physical body. The flesh is weak, but the spirit is willing. Right, And so to ignore the body completely, as some people have done in the extreme camps and just ignore and deny everything going on in their body and say they're in faith, they wind up, then it doesn't work out. You have to take care of this temple. Amen? And if there is a problem in the temple, you get the mind of God. And the scripture says you go to the elders of the church, you have them lay hands on you, you have them put oil on you, and the prayer of faith will heal the sick. And you discipline and take care of your physical body. Amen? exercise matters. Even the Bible says it profits. It profits a little, but it still profits. Amen? So bodily exercise profits. Spiritual exercise profits more. Because man is spirit that lives in a body, right? So definitely if I take care of myself and then do additions to my house, the additions to my house are great, but my taking care of myself is of more importance, right? So taking care of your spirit man's of more importance, but also you have a body. Take care of the body. Feed the body. Even in fasting, do you know that times of fasting, which is a scriptural regular, regular occurrence where people go in times of fasting, I would say if you take the average uh, people in America that fast, more of them are fasting for physical reasons than they are spiritual reasons. Because if you get into the the weightlifting camps, you get into the exercise camps, many of them are disciplined in fasting because there are physical benefits to it. Your body resets itself. Metabolisms change. Things are healthy. It is a healthy process because everything God ever instructs you to do has multiple benefits attached to it. Are you with me right now? It's never, it's actually not even about misery, as some people make it. Like, it's, it's got to be miserable. There are times when you're going through desperate moments, which we talked last week, that that's like you don't even have an appetite. You're in desperation mode. Your back's against the wall, and you don't have an appetite, so you fast not because you're thinking, let me fast. You fast because hunger is left, and you're pressing in in the realm of the Spirit to get a breakthrough. Amen. There is that. That's the David in his sackcloth and ashes pressing in, and God gave him a breakthrough. Even though he had screwed up, God gave him a breakthrough that carried on for generations. But there are physical benefits to fasting. That do you, It makes you healthier. There, not, not if you fast every day of your, of your life, but regularly doing it, it helps reset the temple. Are you with me right now? So understand that part of you. You have a body. Where do headaches come from? Where does pain come from? It comes from the physical body. Yes, you can say the devil's out to get me, but it could be that you just pulled your shoulder. You didn't stretch before you went out and ran. And so that's where I'm, that's the only reason why I'm dealing with this is because you can't blame everything on the devil. You're the one that lives in the body, and if you don't take care of the body, the devil doesn't have to do anything. You've done it all for him, Right? So have that understanding. Say, man, I'm going to take care of this temple. Maybe that's the thing you need to do because we said we're pressing in for the first three weeks in prayer and fasting. Maybe that's what the Lord would instruct you to do, that this year you grow in discipline to take care of this temple so that you finish this year feeling greater than you've ever felt. Because I can promise you this, if the body, if it's sleep deprived, if it's nutrition deprived, these things manifest themselves, not just in the physical, but they get into your mind, your emotions. It begins to affect how you see things. It affects how you feel, It affects, which ultimately will wind up affecting your faith levels, your walk with God, because you're like, it just doesn't feel like the Lord is with me your body's tired. It needs a break. It needs better rest. It needs nutrition. It needs you to take care of it. It needs you to go on vacation. Mr. Mark here said something that just ministered to me so great. He said, vacations are the most spiritual things you can do. And I was like, brother, I'm going to be spiritual this year. Amen. Hallelujah. Somebody grab that right now. Hey, Jesus. hey, Thank you for spiritual vacations this year in Jesus' name. I'm going to Maui. Why? Because the Lord has ordained it. I can tell you personally, there are times as a leader that it's like you get to a point where you just don't even want to make a decision. It's like, I don't care. I, I can't make it. As Every decision feels like it comes with consequences and none of them are really that good. Somebody else make the decision and then I'll pick on you if it's a bad one. Let's switch roles for a moment. You know what I'm saying? Anybody ever felt that way? And so then I've noticed though at those times when it's like, I don't know, you know, I don't want it. If I ever get a chance to pull back and go away and you just walk trails or you take care of yourself or whatever, you come back and you're like, you feel refreshed. And there's not a problem to lead forward from there. So there are some things that you can't ignore these things going on. I've heard people tell me multiple times that I mean, it breaks my heart. They've been married 15, 20, 30, 40 years, never did a vacation. If that's you, this year you're going on vacation in Jesus' name. Put it on the vision board, buy your passport, and head off somewhere in the sweet by and by. Amen. Say, Pastor, I wound up in, in Chiapas, Mexico, sipping coffee on a mountain. Praise God. Amen. Be with you when I'm with you. Yeah, you take your time. Get yourself right. Amen. Is this okay? Because an unhealthy body leads to low energy, and low energy means you can't show up when you need to because you just don't have the energy. So things matter. You got to show up in your marriage. You got to take care of your kids. The church is calling prayer and fasting. I want to be a part of it. I'm hungry, God, but I'm so tired. Right? I will say this, you do have to grow in the discipline to not let your flesh rule you because you'll never be able to exercise it if every time it says it's tired, you go rest it too. Sometimes you got to say, flesh, get your butt up and you're going to run and then you can be tired because you earned it. You got to earn that tired. You didn't earn it. We watched a movie yesterday. You didn't earn no tiredness. I'm going to make you earn it today. Are you with me right now? Then, then it's a different aspect. But low energy, man, that's one of the things I'm thankful for that I've had people in this church that helped me exercise and help me change my life because the times it's just you just don't have the energy to do what you know it needs to be done. That is a physical hindrance. That is what the Bible means when it says the flesh is weak, but the spirit is willing. Right. So what do you do? You discipline the body so that the body is not what hinders what God wants to do. Are you with me? Yeah. So this year, eat right. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Plus, fast food is expense, Is just as expensive as, I mean, you go to McDonald's, from what I hear, I haven't been in years. Last time I went, you know, it's probably still in me. <laughs> Fifteen years ago, I still have a quarter pounder on this side I'm trying to shake. just clings to you, man. It's like the soul and the spirit. What can separate the quarter pounder from the body? Only the Lord knows. Amen. (laughs) Discipline is required in all of us. Thank the Lord. That's one of the gifts of the Spirit is that He gives you the power of self-control. Well, that that affects every area of you. That's self-control over the flesh to show up, get the job done, take care of yourself, disciplining yourself, changing things, changing what you've always seen. Maybe you come from a line of people that never took care of their physical bodies. Met people that are like, everybody, every male in our family dies in their 40s. Well, break that curse over your household yourself. Amen. amen. won't come in my household. We're going to take care of the body, and I'm going to live a long and healthy life. And then my children's children will never, ever utter or even know what the previous generations dealt with. Are you with me right now? If you are, shout amen. amen. Take care of your body. 1 Corinthians nine twenty seven says, I discipline my body. Come on. And I bring it into subjection, lest when I have preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. That's fasting, too. What is fasting? It's not like your body wants to fast. You know what I'm saying? Your body wants Krispy Kremes. I'm just letting it sit in for all of us that are fasting right now. Just imagine next week when there's a taco bar. I'm going to preach extra long. I'm going to have them open the doors and let it waft in so that we, inis- we finish this fast with a breakthrough in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We'll see the very spiritual person that waits till everybody else is gone. Go ahead. I'm all right. I'm not that hungry. I joined a gym, but my body didn't get any fitter, because joining a gym doesn't make your body fitter. You actually have to go to the gym. (laughs) You know, this is the most profitable time to own a gym, the first part of the year. Everybody decides, I'm going, I'm getting a gym membership, this is it, bro, this is the year that I claim this body is going to be the body of David Hasselhoff. Not now, but the David Hasselhoff back in the day. True story. I, I have actually ran into David Hasselhoff. I got to shake hands with with the Hoff, and Kit the car, Knight Rider. whatever. it was, Kit, right? That's what I thought. Yeah, it was before my time. I'm only I'm only 27. Disciplining your body. Now this is what I wanted you to grab this link. How do I discipline my body? If my body's tired. It doesn't want to exercise. It doesn't want to eat right. It doesn't want to. It basically just wants to live forever, but it wants to not take care of itself. So that's where it's basically your body is like a toddler. Are you with me? This is the toddler. You live in a toddler. And that toddler just wants to make a mess and never clean it up. Wants to paint on the wall. Wants to just lose its temper every time somebody says something to it. Take care of yourself. Now. Yeah. Ow! I want a Twinkie. That's where you get into the, the, the inner part of man. This is the inner man. So now you have the soul. The soul composes the mind, the emotions, and the will of man. You have a, That's the soulish part of man. And your soul can exert authority over your body. You can will yourself to do things. You can change the thought life. And thus change your physical life. Scientifically speaking, the brain brain is actually, um, what do they call it? It's like neoplastic. What is it? Yeah. yeah. Where it can actually reform. It can change. You have the discipline in your inner man to change your physical brain. Did you know that? That's what scripture means when it says, as a man thinketh, so is he. That's why it's so damaging with... uh, Disney and all the perversion that is pumped into this generation. Why do you think people are confused about their sexual identity? Why are they confused about who they are? Because it's being fed to them. It's programming and washing the mind. And as the man thinketh, so becomes that person. That's why the Bible says it's, it's, it's wicked to even speak of the things they do in dark places because we don't even bring it to light because we don't even care. It's not in us. It won't be a part of us. It's not moving into us. Get thee behind us, Satan. We live in the light. And by the light, we are renewed and we are transformed, and it's a constant renewing. So your soul can actually be impressed upon by the things it sees, or it can impress back to the body and discipline itself. So let's talk about this. In the realm of the soul, being a soulish person. When, when Eve fell in the garden, the devil came and he tempted all three parts of Eve. Because Adam and Eve were living eternal. Their flesh, their soul, and their spirit were alive. And they would have lived on this earth with no diminishing, no death, because there was no curse. Because there was no sin. But the devil came and he attacked all three parts of, of Eve. Convincing her first. You will not die. The body won't die. No. The Lord and then hit her in the soul. Didn't he say this about this? Didn't he say he just withholding things to where in her mind God is withholding this from me. Then you will be like God. What is the goal? Of that Satan himself in the realms of the spirit, he saw himself at the same level as God. All three parts she fell, man fell into sin, the spirit of man died that day. Because the Bible says death came, the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God's eternal life through Jesus Christ, her body was still alive. She lived for several hundred years. Her soul, her mind, her emotions, and her will were still there. But the spirit of Eve died. The spirit of Adam died. That's why it took Christ Jesus to come. And by the shed blood of Jesus Christ, renew the man on the inside so that the spirit comes back to life. So that now I am not just a man led by my emotions or by programmed mind. I am a man led by the spirit on the inside. And that spirit is not diminishing. It is not dying and it has authority. I'm I'm getting ahead of myself because I'm in the soul. But anyways, are you with me right now? And this is complex. I am not an expert on this. I've been studying this, and the more I study it, the more I realize I don't know that there's any preacher That's it is the most complex thing to understand. Is the soul in charge or the spirit in charge? Which one's leading my life right now? And where you begin to realize it is if it's fear-dominating. I'm doing this because I'm not certain about what's going to happen in America. I'm not certain about this regime. I'm not certain about this president. I'm not certain about the food shortage. And the decisions start coming from a place of I just got to be prepared because I'm not guaranteed tomorrow. That is not scriptural. You are guaranteed that whatever tomorrow holds, the Lord thy God has gone ahead of thee and he has made a way for you. The Bible says, do not worry about tomorrow. That's where the soul begins to take over. It says it looks like wisdom. What did they say in COVID? Use wisdom. That's man's wisdom. Not spiritual wisdom. Spiritual wisdom says that I will not be afraid of the virus. I will not be afraid of pestilence. It will not touch my household. A thousand can fall at my side. Ten thousand at my right hand. But it will not come nigh me in the name of the Lord. That's the wisdom of the Spirit. Because the Spirit has authority and the Spirit is seated in heavenly places. You begin to realize my mind can either be a And that's where you begin. Man without God. See, growing up in Tennessee, good old boys, rednecks, whatever you want to call us. What's that? Watch out, yeah. I thought that everybody was ultimately a good person. Because country people just think everybody's a good person. We left our trucks unlocked. We would go on vacation, and I remember saying, do I lock the door? Nah, I leave it unlocked in case someone breaks down and needs to borrow the phone. <laughs> we had a shop. Every tractor had keys in it. Every truck had the, we never had a key ring. We would go in stores and wonder, what idiot buys a key ring? <laughs> leave it in the car, then you never have to look for it. Then you come to Florida and realize people... No, I'm just joking. There's <laughs> some shady folk down here. Floridians will come up behind you with a gator and take your lunch. No, I was naive. What that is is naive. You're naive. You think everybody's like you because I we were not thieves. Wasn't raised to steal nothing. I didn't want what you had. If I, that's the country slogan is, if I can't get it on my own. I don't want what you have. And so, ultimately, though, you begin to realize as you grow, that's not the case. Man without God, in their mind, thinks wicked thoughts. They think jealousy. They think that should be mine. They plot and plan the demise of your marriage. They plot and plan the demise of your property. Some of them walking around with such hatred inside that they plot and plan murder. And when Adam and Eve fell... It was only a few generations later that the Lord said, I have to send a flood because every thought of every man is nothing but wickedness all the time. This is why, why do we go to church on Sunday? Because we don't want to go to hell. We go to church on Sunday because if we don't feed ourselves the word and stay stirred up in the spirit and stay in a community that calls us to that, ultimately the soul begins to win and the soul thinks wicked thoughts. And then you, before long, I love the Lord. 20 years later, you're not serving God. You're on your third marriage, and life is hell. And I've seen it. I'm not picking on people. I've just watched it happen time and time again. Wisdom, true godly wisdom, realizes that anybody could fall if they didn't take care of their spirit. Anybody could fall. Anybody is able to be a Saul if they don't take care of their spirit and begin to lust after the things of this world. That's why we stay sharp. That's why we subject our flesh and our soul into these things. And I began to think about this. 1 Corinthians 14, 14. When I pray in the Spirit, let me find it so I quote it exactly. i put it in here somewhere in my book. 1 Corinthians 14, 14. For if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. What does that mean? It means that my soul is unfruitful, but my spirit is fruitful. Praying in the spirit, it's like this. It's where the war inside man is not the devil on one shoulder and an angel on the other. The war inside man is the carnal mind of the the soul versus the spirit of man that is being renewed by God. And every day, either one of those could influence what I eat. Where I go, what I say, how I react, what I respond with, those two are the inner man. That's why Scripture says they are so entwined, only the Word can sever between those. Because it's either the Word manifesting, or it's your soul and your emotions manifesting. And it says, if I pray in an unknown tongue, praying in the Spirit, my mind is unfruitful. I began to think about this. We're talking about really prayer and fasting. I believe in a spirit-led being, but I also am every day, Lord, am I being led by my spirit or is that my mind? Am I being influenced by those around me or is this the spirit of God that's leading me? And if you think about this scripture and you think about the soul and the spirit, they are separate. Scripture says they're separate. They get mixed if I take water and I take dirt and I shake it together, it looks like one thing. But if you give it long enough and work long enough at letting it rest, there will become a separation and the spirit will separate from the soul. That's times of seeking after God. That's times of praying in the Holy Ghost. That's times of letting, setting aside those times to read the word, discipline yourself, and then the spirit begins to separate and you can hear the spirit over the soul. I put it to you this way. When I was a kid, my dad was the authority of my life. I did not have the ability at 10 years old or 12 years old to tell my parents where we were going to go that day and what we were going to do. Good luck. I know that 12 year olds now run houses, but our 12 year olds get reminded daily you are not the boss. They try. Once again, they try. And so your soul is like the 12-year-old. And your spirit is like the parent. And the parent needs to discipline the soul and remind it, you are not the one that decides what we do today. You don't get to determine the course of our life. You don't get to determine where we're headed right now. You take a back seat and you watch me do what I do. And when I pray in the Spirit, yes, I'm praying the perfect will of God. But I also get the benefit of putting my soul behind in the back seat where it belongs. that The Spirit is at the will. And then when things flash in moments like that, it comes from the inner man. See, the Bible says the soul rests in the mind of man. So that's the mind. And the Bible says you can take authority over thoughts. Well, that's the Spirit that takes authority over thoughts to program the mind so that the person becomes renewed in their mind and a brand new person. This is why a person can get radically saved, set free on Sunday, but if they don't stay in the Word to be renewed, they wind up going back to the old ways. Because there's no renewal, and the soul still takes over, and the mind is what's leading. There's the mind up here, but the Bible identifies that the spirit comes from the belly of man. It's the belly of man, not the physical heart of man, but the innermost being. Out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. That's why the word is not a sudden thought by the spirit. It's an unction by the Holy Ghost. It comes from the gut of man. That you'll be like, man, I just don't know what we're going to do, but Father, I thank you for wisdom. And oh, comes right out. And you're like, ah! And then, like we said last week, us Pentecostal snow swords, when the leg goes up, my God, ah, yeah, Jesus. You didn't have the irking jerk. That was a good thought. But when that irking jerk hits you, you're like, that's the Holy Ghost. The spirit of man. It's the spirit of man. And any man can start in the spirit and return to the soul, which is identified in congruence with the flesh. Oh, you foolish Galatians. You which began in the spirit. Now you try and perfect it in the flesh. What is that saying? That's the intellectual trying to explain God and not meet God. Because everything changes when you look in the eyes of the one with fire and everything in you just realizes, ah! <laughs> it changes you. You can begin. Take Saul, King Saul. Was a man chosen? Now, ultimately, this is such a parable of the soul and the spirit even though this is literal historical facts of what happened, but Saul looked the part. He was strong. He was tall. He was handsome. If you were to pick out a leader, you would have picked out Saul, not David. If they were side by side, Saul's the boss and David's the armor bearer, hands down. But it wasn't the case in the spirit, just in the flesh. Because Saul began doing well. The hand of the Lord came upon him. He even prophesied deeper revelation than some of the prophets of the time, flowing with the Spirit of God until the sparkle of wealth grabbed this man's attention. And then his focus went from following the voice of the Lord to obtaining the wealth of this world and the splendors or splint splendors, splendor. plunder plunder. Not a, there's not an S. The splendor of the plunder. There we go. Splendors. We got a new word. Give me all your splendors. Almost sounds like it should be like a dessert. Welcome to Splendors. Have we got something for you today? The descent of the soul. This man began anointed by God. The first thing that happened when he despised, which Scripture used this. Better is obedience than sacrifice. Because it, it's not about giving up things for God. It's about doing what the Lord tells you to do. Amen. And that's what was identified there. Because he didn't obey the voice of the Lord. From being anointed, the Spirit departed from him. The first thing that he had happened to him was depression. Depression. Americans are more depressed than any society ever. Why? Because we're a soulish, driven world or nation and not a spirit-led nation. You live in a cesspool of perversion that leads to depression. He was so depressed, the only time he could escape depression was if the anointed David would play music, then the depression and anxiety would lift off of Saul. It was called a tormenting spirit that drove him mad. There are a lot of people. Let me tell you, Prozac will only curb it for a moment. But the spirit of the living God will sever that cord once and for all. He went into depression. And he sought. you look at people, and I have seen that myself, that they come in. In an anointed church like this, the Spirit of God is in the place. They come alive. They they come up crying. Everything's great. But the devil meets them right out the door. What did Saul have? Every time David played, he would even almost repent. Be like, David, my, my trusted one, thank you, thank you. Then he would throw a spear. Then he would go back. There's that that, that war within man. That's the soul and the spirit within you. And people come and they feel the freedom, but they don't know how to keep the freedom because the moment they walk out, the soul is in the driver's seat. And the devil can affect the soul, but he can't reach the spirit. I know I live in the spirit. Well, the soul takes over. It goes from depression to, to anger. You walk around a lot of people. Church Church hurt. All that means, I mean, I'm not saying churches are great. I understand. We are in ministry, we have met the shady, slippery bishops. Okay, they exist. We're not denying that. There are some churches, grab your pag Myrtle, and get out of Dodge. Grab the kids, don't let them lay hands on you. That that anointing oil's rancid, anyways. It's been sitting in a back crusty office for seven years. If this got chunks in it, don't let them put it on your forehead. Move on. Walk on, Sister Rose. Walk on. Hey. Hey. I, I'm not saying churches are all wonderful, but they will identify them. Say so They will be known by their fruit. And when there's shifty things and the presence of God's not there and everything's falling apart and the wallpaper's down and they're saying the blessing of the Lord and give, 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 you could realize maybe something ain't right up in here. I'm going to go where the presence of the Lord is, where peace is in the house, where joy is in the house, and excellence. There's an excellence of spirit where the Lord is. Follow those. Those are fruit. That's not you being judgmental. That's you being wise. That fruit reveals it. If Jesus said, judge it by the fruit, I'm judging it by the fruit. I don't have to trash the place. I'm just moving on to a place of life. But when you get into the church hurt from people that slip out of real moves of God, what happens is it's not... That they got. Yes, offense comes. You realize you will always, the blessing of the Lord is real, favor is real, but it is not without battles. There will always be a tear sown in among the wheat that comes in to offend you and knock you off path. And you have a decision to make do I let that stain my soul or do I let my spirit set my soul free? And say, no. No, I will praise the Lord. I will lift Him up. I will bless that person that tried to come against me, and I believe they get free. And if not, they can move on down the road. Amen. But that term, it would go from they go from this place of on fire for God to now it's just I don't know. God just doesn't move like He once moved. You know, back in the day, and it's it's like it's like the the glory of the Lord's departed from the church, man. And then they go to what anger. And bitterness. And now it's not enough to not go to church. Now they have to attack everybody standing for the church. They're the people. You can't even post a scripture online. They'll come out of the woodworks to attack it. That's not the Lord. If you remove. Try this. Post a scripture but don't post where it comes in the Bible. You remove judges. You remove whatever. And you just post the scripture. People will be like that doesn't sound like the Lord to me. Oh, that's funny. That was actually what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, verse 35. I've had that happen many, many times. I purposely hold it back to see, and people will come out, and they can't, they can't actually help it. Just like Saul had to throw the spear, they're like, ah they come out the gates angry, and I'm trying to wrap it up. I know people are, you know, you have nothing to do today, you're not eating. We're eating in the spirit. There was a table set before us. Taste and see that the Lord is good. They descend from depression, oppression to anger. And anger turns to hatred. Now they hate. They hate the next move of God. They hate the young ministers. They hate the church that's excited. They hate it. Let me tell you, that is not the Lord. You want to, You preached it by Pastor Joe. He's, he's senior man of God, so I can lean on him. You don't like it, blame him. He said it. <laughs> on good authority, I had this from Uncle Joe. The biggest people that stand against the move of God are the ones still attached to the previous move. Let I me mean, tell you, Electric guitars is the devil's music. We're going to find like a pan flute one day just to put it up here. That's that they use pan flutes in Greek worship. We were redeeming it. What is that? I feel the holy ghost. Man, that one person on the third row, No, oh! I'm redeeming the pan pipe. But they hate it. They hate the new. What did God say in Isaiah 43, 19? Behold, I will do a new thing. He ate the same every day. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever, but he's doing a new thing. His character changes not. His personality doesn't change. But how he's moving and how he's flowing, He didn't. you follow Jesus' ministry, he didn't even heal a person the same way twice. Because it's new. Because he's the God that is I am, not I was. Life in the Spirit is not back there, and it's not ahead. It's here right now. My God is right now. Take a moment and thank the Lord. You're not waiting. You have it right now in Jesus' name. And it goes from hatred to murder, which is ultimately where Saul descended into. So how do you break it? You find yourself in a soulless spiral. Man, my joy is gone. Man, I'm angry. I'm bitter. Oh, maybe it's in your, your own house. Maybe it's with your kids. Maybe it's against church leadership. Maybe you've gone to 10 churches and you you got to realize and look in the mirror and realize not every 10 church you went to was wrong, that there's something on the inside of you in the soul that you need to face. And say, I'm not going to let this dominate my life any longer. I'm not going to live my life angry and upset with no joy and no peace and no freedom by the Spirit of God. Whom the Son sets free is free indeed. And that's happening in my life this year by the power of the Holy Ghost and fire. And you face it. How do you face it? And your sp- soul is spiraling out of control. Upsetness. It goes down to the mind. The emotions. That's what we're talking about. Your emotions. Anger. Upset. Blowing up to the wheel of man. This is the connector between the soul and the spirit that is so intense. That I want you to really hear this. Even God himself will not overpower the will of man. He has given you a will and honors it so intensely because He said, I will make you like me. And you can't tell God what to do. He chooses what to do. In a a depressed, broken down person, there is still a will. And the devil seeks to destroy that will and make you feel a captive or a prisoner no longer able to decide. But let me tell you, inside every person, God has given you the power to decide what you will do, what will happen in your life, and where you're going to go today. That's your will. This connects the spirit and the soul. And when you begin to realize, wisdom is, the Word of God illuminates so you can see. What is happening within me is not scriptural. It's not the promises of God. It's not the yes and amen. It's a fight. I'm not going to lose this fight. I'm not going to go down. My kids aren't going to see a dad be drug drugged down into addiction. I will break this. I recognize it. And by the will that God has given me, I will follow you, God. I will follow you god i will listen to the spirit i will have ears that hear i will that will power connects the soul and the spirit Do you say i give that to you spirit take over holy ghost take over speak lead I am in the back seat by my own free will. I choose that Jesus is my Lord. He is my master. He is the helm's keeper. He is the one that makes the way. And I'm going to follow that because I'm not staying where I have been. And I'm not being what the world wants me to be. I'm not confused in the spirit. I'm confused in the soul. But by the will I have, I lend that confusion and I give it back to God. Take that confusion and give me the order that you promise. For you are God of order and not of confusion. My body, my soul, my thoughts, my emotions will get in order with God's word and God's spirit. My household will be aligned. Oh, I almost felt like an African right there. Ooh. And everything will change. And you know what, Pastor Joe? It didn't take a choir. It didn't even take a whole church. It took you to make the decision. You to make the decision. And say, no, I'm not going to listen to how I feel. I'm not going to listen to the news that tells me how I should feel. I'm not going to listen to people to tell me to take this to protect my life. That shot ain't taking nothing but problems. You can take it. You can turn it around. Stick it up your nose. I've been inoculated by the blood of Jesus Christ. Let me tell you something. And if my body fails and it departs, I'm not dead. I'm more alive than I've ever been. Because I am a spirit. And my spirit is going in to eternity. That's the difference. Now then, life in the Spirit begins to take over. See, the mind is an instrument of evil. It descends, but in the Spirit, as you begin to be a Spirit-led person. That's where you allow the Spirit of God on the inside. What What that manifests like is a holy conscience to where you begin to recognize by the unction of the Spirit, that leads to death. That language doesn't honor the Lord. Those outbursts do not bring glory to God. That laziness is not leading to the blessing. That lack of wisdom and discipline to study and show myself approved is a cute excuse when I'm 10. But I am 40 and I will be a grown man now. And that unction, that conscience begins to take over. You see, people think that the Spirit only leads you in ministry. He'll lead you how to preach. He'll lead you how to lay hands on someone. He'll lead you how to start a a, a traveling... No, He leads your life. He tells you how to be a better husband. He tells you how to be a better wife. He tells you how to be a good teenager. He tells you how to plan your life. He tells you how to handle your finances. He will instruct you concerning everything. And this is what frustrates the enemy because then you become a person that he can't get to. You should be upset. You should be scared. You should not be... You got $2 in your bank account and you're calling yourself blessed? That don't look blessed. Let me tell you though, but I am a royal child of God. Oh, need I remind you that my father owns the cattle on a thousand hills. So a filet mignon is in my near future because the Lord my God is watching over me and He is preparing something for me. A table set before me in the presence of my enemies. Those things in this world are fleeting and grow strangely dim. When the spirit grows stronger and stronger within. So to wrap up today's service, it is one, two, three, four. It's the time. Just put one foot right in front of the other and let the spirit take over. Thanks for listening to River Claremont's podcast. We pray you were greatly blessed by this message. If you'd like to keep up to date with what's happening at the River Claremont Church, visit us at riverclaremont.com.